Welcome back to the Sports Jam. In this episode, we'll be continuing running back week, where we're going over the running back risk report, mentioning a few more names we like at the running back position. As always, follow us on Twitter at the Sports Jam 22, and we hope you enjoy the episode. All right, so now it's time for the question of the day. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pose this question two different ways because it could be asked two different ways, and I, I kind of like the question being asked in both ways. So first, in the history of the NFL, there's only been three running backs that have went for 1,000 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards in the same season. The first was Wat- Roger Craig for the 49ers in 1985, when he went for 1,050 yards rushing and 1,106 yards receiving. The second is who we'll be guessing. The third, I couldn't ask you guys this because I know you would know it right away, being Panther fans. The third is Christian McCaffrey of the Panthers in 2019 when he went for 1,387 rushing and 1,005 receiving. So the first way the question is asked is, who is the second running back to go for 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving in the same season? And if you want to add, add on to that question, you could ask it like this. Who is the only running back in the history of the NFL to go for 1,000 yards rushing, 1,000 yards receiving, and win a Super Bowl in the same season? Oh, shoot. So that chalks my dang old Le'Veon Bell one. <laughs> um, uh, I have no idea. Do you know much? I do, actually, because every – the only reason why I know is because the whole closing to the Panthers 2019 season was about McCaffrey hitting that 1,000-1,000 mark. And every single week, they put a graphic on the screen of the two people that did it. The second person to do it was Marshall Falk. The year, I don't remember. It would have had it been 2000 been 2001. Yeah, 2001 when they beat the Titans in the Super Bowl. Could I tell you the stats that he had? Absolutely not. You are you are correct about the player. If I could put in a, a celebrational, you know, little audio tune, I would, but I can't. You got you got it right. Marshall Falk of the Rams. It was in 1999. The Super Bowl was, was played. The Super Bowl was played in 2000. So you were, you know, real close with the year there. You went for 1381 yards rushing and 1,048 receiving. So Mark. Did you did you get the wide receiver one correct? No, I because I, I, I said the news, Tom. Cam got it right, I thought. I think Cam got yeah, it right. Yeah, I picked Juju. Yeah, yeah. Cam got it right. So Cam got one, Mark got one. But Mark, you, you were close with uh Demarius and Emmanuel Sanders. They were just the, the time before um for the wide receivers. So the last uh one of the last things we'll be covering in the uh the podcast today is the article that I wrote this past week. Um, I actually wrote two of these articles, one about wide receivers last week. This time it was about running backs. If you want to see either of them, uh, you could just go in our Discord and look under Jam articles. You'll be able to find them there. Again, our Discord is at the Sports Jam. If you need to search it up, you can find the link on our Twitter. And my article is, it, and this was for both running backs and wide receivers this week with the running backs. I took the top 50 running backs from the 2021 season. And um, over each of those weeks, I figured out what their variance was for the whole year. And the variance in this case determines the risk of the player. So the higher the variance that they have, 
the more risk that was associated with um, you playing them each week. So variance is from a basic level is basically how far off you go from the average. So you have a player, if they average 15 points a week, they have a low variance if they're always scoring like 12, 16, 18, 13, 14, 15 points. That's going to be a low variance. You're going to consider that player uh, low risk. And that's somewhat of a high reward, 15 points uh, per game. That That's a decent average. So you'd call that player like a low risk, high reward type of player. On the in the other case, when you get into high variance, that's associated with with more risk. So if you have a player uh, such as a Mike Williams who started off the year with like scoring 22, 32, uh, and then some more 20s, and he ended up averaging like 13, 14 points per game last year, but at some points in the season he was also scoring, you know, two points, five points. Um, games like that. So there's a lot of dispersion between um, the number of points he was scoring each week. And the goal with doing this type of study is to try to figure out which players are high risk, high reward, um, high risk, low reward, low risk, high reward, and low risk, low reward. And the thing you want to do is pair those players as you're drafting to try to sculpt the best roster that you can. So if we look at last season, um, the bottom left quadrant of my chart will show the low risk, low reward players and guys you could think of <clears throat> are guys that score around like eight to 12 fantasy points a game. And they're always close to that number. So you think of your Tony Pollard's from last year, your Melvin Gordon's, um, Devin Singletary's, um, guys that are almost always typically known for doing this are the receiving running backs for the Patriots. So James White, um, Brandon Bolden last year specifically, um, those are guys that fall in this range and they, they don't hold a ton of value, but they could be a good end of roster spot um, to give you eight to 10 points if you need it for that week. So think, I think this year you may run into somebody like Chase Edmonds, Cordero Patterson, those guys could fill that type of role. So then if you jump into the top left quadrant, these again are still your low reward guys. So they're not scoring a ton of, they're not averaging a ton of points, but they have a lot more variance. So there are some weeks where they blow up. Um, a lot of the times, these are guys that are backup running backs that still get carries even in a regular game. So think of Alexander Madison, Dalvin cook gets, you know, 20 some touches a game. Well, Alexander Madison's still going to get, you know, about five touches or so a game. And a lot of those weeks, you know, he's only going to score a couple points, two, three points. But then he has weeks where he blows up because Dalvin Cook doesn't play and Alexander Madison gets 20 touches and goes for 20, 25 points. So that really uh, boosts his variance up a whole lot and makes him what seems like a riskier play, but that's the case of you just have to know to only play him uh, when Dalvin Cook's not playing. So it's, it's that's kind of an area you want to stay out of. Another guy that was in there was Ramadre Stevenson uh, from last year. He had some really good games last year. So if you could find a guy like that and play him on the right week, that could be a difference between a win and a loss for you in that week. Then if you move to the top right quadrant, this is kind of the money quadrant for running backs. They're the high-risk, high-reward guys. And this is where, you're, where you usually find your league winners. 
Um, of course, this is also where the Derrick Henry's, Jonathan Taylor's, Christian McCaffrey's of the world are going to be because, I mean, those guys, they score 40 points uh, some weeks, which is they go nu- nuclear. But then other weeks they score 15 points. So there's a lot of dispersion, but that 15 points is still good. So while they're high risk, high reward, it's the high risk just comes from them going nuclear some weeks while still being pretty solid other weeks. So we don't really care about those guys much because we know that they're going early in the first round. The guys you want to think about the league winning type of guys from last year that fell in this column were James Connor, Leonard Fournette, Cordero Patterson was in here. If you could nail these guys or figure out which guys from this year are going to fall in this quadrant, that's, um, that's where you're going to find your league winners. And there were some guys that Mark mentioned that one of them I think falls in here or is going to fall in here this year, and that's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The reason being, like Mark mentioned, Tyreek Hill being gone. I think that opens up a whole bunch of receiving targets that Hill's leaving behind. Clyde's going to take on a whole lot of those because – that's who they brought him in as when they drafted him at the end of the first round, you know, a few years ago. They want him to be a, a really solid receiving back for him, so he's going to get a lot of catches. They're not going to throw the ball to Ronald Jones. And the other thing is Tyreek Hill leaving leaves a lot of touchdowns as well. I expect Clyde to pick up a lot of those. The only thing I'm worried about is can Clyde stay healthy? That's the main thing. I think if he stays healthy, Clyde falls in this range and he ends up being somebody's league winner. Uh, Mark, you mentioned Clyde. You mentioned that you like him. Why do you like Clyde this year? Simply because of there's a big chunk of touches that came from Tyreek Hill that need to be filled in now. Cam, do you are you on our side here, or, or are you still against Clyde? Do you not like Clyde, or are you trying to fade him? Um, the biggest thing that I learned from the Kansas City Chiefs is the fact that they need to get uh, they need to get <clears throat> excuse me the running game back. Like, that's what they were great with when they had Kareem Hunt, is the fact that they were able to run the football and then that opened up the offense with, of course, with Tyreek Hill, which they don't, no longer have, but they do have Juju Smith-Schuster and, um, of course, uh, Travis Kelsey and Nico Hardman. But um, I think Clyde is solid, especially him being at RB. RB26, and he's at 59 overall in uh, ADP. So, in my opinion, I think Clyde is a steal. I'll take him over Damon Harris all day long. I'll take him <laughs> over Miles Sanders. Um, that's when I, w- I will take him over Devin Singletary um, and Brees Hall. So, that and, – and A.J. Dillon. I'll take him over A.J. Dillon. So, he's right in that range for me. Right at that low-end RB2 to the high-end RB3, but definitely has that middle to high RB2 numbers. Like, he could definitely do it if they can get to the run game. That's the only thing I have a problem with the Kansas City Chiefs is they need to get the run game going. Yeah, they're, they're kind of blinded like we all are with that Mahomes magic. You know, they, they same thing with Dallas. You know, sometimes they really just get lost in, in throwing the ball. But like you mentioned, Cam, he's a steal – you know, ADP 59, that's late fourth, early fifth, which mm-hmm. is a steal compared to where you would have to get him last year, which was, you know, kind of in that middle third round. So you're able to get him at a discount. 
and the thing, the, the one last stat I'll, I'll provide with Clive is in his, the 10 games that he did play um, last regular season, last fantasy football season, there was only three games where he scored under 10 PPR points. And one of those games was nine. So there was only two really, really bad games that Clyde had. I think with the departure of um, Tyreek Hill and a full season from Clyde, if he could stay healthy, we'll see We'll see him be a little more consistent. He'll still have those bust games because they'll get blinded by the Mahomes magic. But um, I think Clyde could be that um, high-risk, high-reward, uh, boom-bust guy that could win your fantasy league this year. And then the last quadrant we have is the bottom right, which is your – I would refer to him as low-risk, low-reward. And the, the one name that really stuck out to me here was Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He uh, finished as RB3 last year. And the reason I like him so much is you very rarely find a player that score that averages, you know, like 18 to 20 fantasy points per game and has low risk. Najee Harris was exactly that last year. He averaged just over 18 fantasy points per game, and he was always hitting right around that um, that 18 points per game mark. I'm not sure how many times he was under 10 points, but I'm sure it wasn't a lot. It looks like it was just um, three times that I'm seeing. So he seems to be very consistent around that 18 points per game. I really like him. I know you're probably thinking, well, you know, everybody likes him. He's going – first round but I think he's going too late in the first round I think he should be probably a he should definitely be a consensus uh top five overall player considering all positions um but I would more so go on to say that I think he should be top three I think Uh, he is sitting at RB5 exactly he's RB5 I believe so yep so I would I would definitely have him as a top five or uh running back but I would I would say go a step further and say he should be a top five overall, regardless of position. Um, no throwing the wide receiver in above him, or and there's other running backs I probably like less than him that are, you know, the consensus is higher than me on him. So, do you there's, guys think Najee Harris is a top three running back again for the upcoming fantasy football season? Can I go first on this one? Yep. Um, the order that. You know, it's currently said it is Taylor's one, RB1, McCaffrey was two, Henry was three, and Austin Eckler was four. Okay. I think the question you should ask is, do you think Eckler should be higher than Harris or not? Because I love Eckler, but I think Harris is going to be way more involved in the offense than what Eckler is. I definitely have Harris higher than Eckler. Yeah. So now you push him to four. Now you need to ask, does does Harris go above Derrick Henry, McCaffrey, or Taylor? That's a tough one because before Derrick Henry went down with that injury last year, he was going to have probably the best – second one, probably second best uh, running back season of in like fantasy football history. Well, you know, top five season mm-hmm. out of running backs. Um. But I will say I do think I'm taking him above Henry this year. The reason being I always tend to go try to go with a younger running back rather than an older running back. I'm not sure what age Derrick Henry is at this point. I'm assuming he's probably 
28 ish or so? I want to say, yeah, he's 28. Yeah, 28. Yeah, so so he's, you know, pushing close to that 30 age. Like we know, Najee Harris, fresh out of call or second year out of, out of college. So I like Najee just a little bit better. Um, and part of that may just be because I don't, I, I think it's more likely that Derrick Henry gets injured than Harris. And you mentioned him, and we are Panthers fans, so I have to say it. I'm going to have a, a tough time picking McCaffrey over Harris as well. I think I, think I may, um, by the time the end of draft season rolls around, I think Harris will end up being above McCaffrey for me. Okay. Cam, what about you? Do you think Harris is a top three back? Uh, I'm going to disagree on this one. Um, my number one, my order right now is Christian McCaffrey at one, Jonathan Taylor two, and Derrick Henry at three. Um, I like Najee Harris, but I do not trust that offense. The thing is about this offense that is going to be different than last year is the fact that they will be able to throw the deep ball now because of the fact that Ben Roethlisberger did not have an arm. Like, his arm was shot. So now that they have Mitch Trubisky or even, uh, what's his name, Pickett, um, they can throw the deep ball. Like, they're going to throw deeper than Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> so they're going to shoot. They're definitely going to take chances now. That's why Claypool, like, I think I mentioned last on the last episode of the wide receivers and everything about Claypool not being as, um, like, sexy and all that stuff, he actually might have touchdown upside because I totally forgot to put in the fact that he's going to have those deep ball throws now for for himself. But Najee Harris, he's safe. Like, I understand it, but there's no way I'm going to have him over – Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, or Derrick Henry, because any given day, them, them three players, they can pop 40 points in a game. Even though Najee Harris, I forgot which week it was where he got like, what was it, like 20 targets or something? Yeah. <laughs> like something crazy. But I like Najee Harris, but as a top three, I I, I just can't. It, it's hard for me even with Dalvin Cook and Austin Eckler because, oh, man. Like, top five? good running back. You play your top, top five. Uh, I'll put uh, it. Sound, it sounds like for you, five or, Cam, six. you, five or six. Can you put him over Henry? Him or Henry? Henry, um, I have Henry over Harris. Yeah, gotcha. And you said Dalvin, you said Dalvin and Dalvin and Eckler. It's hard Rams for me, too. yeah. It's hard for me to have Dalvin under Najee Harris. It's just hard for me. I, I have Dalvin over Najee. All right, last one then, Joe Mixon. Oh man, I love Joe Mixon. Um, I just like the offense better. I just like the. I'm taking. I'm siding the offense of Cincinnati, so I'll take Joe Mixon over Harris. So Harris will be right at that seven spot for me. So you're putting Mixon top seven? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Adam over Nick Chubb. Adam over DeAndre Swift. Alvin Kamara. Devontae Williams, who I think is a bust. Who's your Who's your seven then? Because I'm assuming your your top six in, include these players, not in this order: Taylor, McCaffrey, Eckler, Cook, Harris, Henry. You have. I love Chubb. I love Nick Chubb. You love Chubb as a top. I think uh, Chubb's top ten. Yes, I love Chubb. Do I put him at seven? 
That's tough. Uh, I will say Chubb is RB fourteen. I think that's a little low for Chubb. That's way too low for him. But yeah. I don't. I, I don't. I can't. Chubb can't talk, touch my top. At best for me, ten for Chubb because I, I the the receiving volume is just not there. Now, if you're talking non PPR, Chubb's definitely in your top ten. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Man, that's. I just, I mean, I love, I love Chubb, but man, Mixon at seven, that's tough. I would say Mixon maybe eight or nine. Cause I do really like Swift too. <laughs> and that's just tough to say because Detroit does not play football the right way. I'll say it nicely. Uh, man, maybe I would go Chubb, Mixon, seven, eight. Well, going back to, what Cam said about um, the McCaffrey and, and Harris argument. To me, Cam, it sounds like what you're saying is this is the perfect scenario in which you should be using these volatility or risk charts because when you take on a player like McCaffrey, you're taking on a whole bunch of risk with the possibility of him being injured. So what you should be looking for in those second, third, fourth rounds are a few guys who are are less risky so they have less uh variance in their in their week-to-week performances think of wide receivers like um a keenan allen mm-hmm. uh a rb2 like uh josh jacobs elijah mitchell um jk dobbins guys that are definitely going to bring you value each week and if mccaffrey were to go down you have guys that are going to be at least solid in getting you that 12 to 14 points. And if you're on my end where you kind of like Harris a little more in that first round, then in the second round, you should second, third, fourth round, you should be looking for guys that are higher volatility, higher risk. Um, those boom bust guys like mm-hmm. your Tyree kills, like your Mike Williams um, guys that could take your team over the top and win you your, your fantasy championship. Um and that's what the, these charts are supposed to do. So we encourage you to, to check them out and, uh, and give them a look. And the one last thing we wanted to go over was. Wait, can I ask one question before we bounce into this last topic? Yep. Uh, and this is coming from the Homer side of me. Uh, the reports were today that Baker Mayfield, it's his job to lose. Okay. Now. Does that help McCaffrey in any form, knowing that you actually have uh, – I don't want to call Baker a good quarterback because his stats do not show that. But serviceable. A, 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 serviceable, a serviceable quarterback, and I don't think McCaffrey had that since his rookie year when McCa- – or since Newton right before his shoulder kind of just gave up. Does Baker Mayfield make McCaffrey a little bit more – let me say it like this: safe from getting hurt, ahead, because Cam. he's he's not going to dump it as much as like Sam Darnold would have. I'll tell you this: oh, Christian McCaffrey is not. I was like, I guess I'm playing the homer role on this one. Me being a Panthers fan, but Christian McCaffrey's not moving for life. I had number one pick in the draft. I guess I'm going Christian McCaffrey again because I was like, <laughs> I was like, you're getting a player, okay. He got hurt two years ago and then got hurt last year. I was like, now, I was like, how many 
Time for him to go back to his 2019 days. Because if he does that, you literally have Cooper Cup and running back for like even better. <laughs> like, yo, like you got the best player in football at that in fantasy football. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with Cam here. The the possibility of what Christian McCaffrey could be is so great that you're going to be more sick if you pass up on him at the one or two slot, you know, whatever it is, whatever, whatever chance you have to get him. You're going to be more sick if he blows up in his number one than you would be if he winds up, you know, missing eight games of the season or so. So, and Mark, to answer your question more um, specifically, I do think Baker helps protect McCaffrey a little more um, because the quarter play, quarterback play has just been horrendous. McCaffrey's had to take on so many touches, so many hits, um, that he, he, he was worn down. So he is going to be better with Baker. I, I think the thing that actually is going to help McCaffrey is – the addition of Dante Foreman uh, or Deontay Foreman as well, because, you know, you get a bruising running back in there for a few carries to give McCaffrey a little less of a workload. If you take uh, 50 touches away from McCaffrey this season, he's still going to be a top three running back, assuming he plays the whole year. So I think both the addition of Baker and Deontay Foreman help McCaffrey and I, I I do think we see McCaffrey play at least around 10 games this year the thing is with McCaffrey and I've already preached this to you guys enough times I'm basically just beating my head against this wall last year in particular he had two injuries that are just out of his control right a sprain or a pulled hamstring and a sprained ankle from a lineman rolling him up like those are things you can't really control Right, the hamstring more so, but the sprained ankle, you know as a basketball player, you can't control that. That just happens. To, to, some, to some degree, you can't. I will say some is the more you're on the field, the more likely you are yeah. for a freak accident to happen. And the more you're getting the ball, the more likely it is. So I think that's where it generates from. Go ahead, Cam. I think you have to No, no, not at all. Sorry, I know we're running out of time here on the podcast. But uh, I just want to mention one thing with Christian McCaffrey is the uh, – is um one thing I feel like the injuries like he could have came back from, but the Panthers we like I say we because we're fans, but the Panthers were out of playoff contention. Basically, like we had no chance. Like we knew like, that we had no chance. Yeah. So why even try to even re-injure her, re-injure, have a re-injured uh, injury or anything like? That so why even risk that? So I think that plays important. Like yeah, it sucks from the fantasy standpoint from last year because if I would have had, I'd probably win the league. But um, <laughs> but overall, I think Christian McCaffrey. If the Panthers can stay literally in the playoff hunt, and Christian McCaffrey like doesn't get hurt, I was like, I think shoot, Christian McCaffrey is the best overall pick. Like he is my number one pick in the draft this year. Yeah. Yep. So sounds good on that. We all like Christian McCaffrey. It kind of makes sense, though. Uh, 
So we'll jump into our, our last segment here. We'll give each of us 30 seconds. Mark, we'll start with your with with you. Give us your best hand, handcuff running back to have for the 2022 fantasy football season. I think I made that clear. Uh, Tony Pollard, lock him in. Goodness, you would take mine. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, shoot. I guess my favorite handcuff is going to be James Robinson. So um, huh. I'm gonna go with him. I think he's I he, yo he's a the man has grit. I was I love the player. If anything ever happens to ETN, well you got yourself a top 15 running back for the rest of the season and James Robinson. So. so so when I thought about this question, the what I wanted to think about was what running back can provide value with what handcuff running back could provide value without the starter getting hurt. The name I came up with was Naeem Hines, and it's solely because of what um, I've been hearing in the offseason because in 2020 he had career lows across the board um, for his receiving stats, which, you know, that's what he primarily is, is a receiving back. But with the addition of Matt Ryan, I think there is a nice outlook for him this year because Matt Ryan loved throwing the running backs um, last year. I think Cordero Patterson, Matt Ryan led the league and 8.6 targets uh, per game to running back. And then the biggest thing I heard this offseason came from head coach Frank Wright when he said there's going to be increased involvement for um, Naheem Hines. He said this specifically. If I was going to be in a fantasy league, I think I would pick Naheem. (laughs) I did read up on that. If a coach is telling me to pick him, I'm picking (laughs) him. All right, fellas, I think that'll do it for for this week's – episode of the the podcast thank you guys for joining me for running back week we thank everybody for tuning in and listening uh keep an eye out for us next week where we'll be diving into our our quarterbacks and we should be having a mock draft podcast coming up here soon as well so thanks everybody for joining us Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Sports Jam Podcast. We hope you enjoyed running back week. Keep your eyes out for the next podcast where we'll be going over quarterbacks and doing a mock draft.